Hi, and welcome to the Book Talks podcast. It's a podcast where we interview traditionally and self-published authors. What's their story about? What inspired them? What tips and advices they can give to aspiring writers and authors as well? In today's episode, we will be talking about overcoming life's odds. And our guest for today is a very good resource person. He had survived a lot of life's challenges. One of those is a triple organ transplant. He has written a book about his journey, and it's entitled, When Hope is Your Only Option, One Man's Brave Journey Through Life's Adversity. We'd like to welcome on the show, Mr. Jim Stavis. Jim? Hello, James. How are you today? I'm doing perfectly fine, sir. And you're from LA. Um, how's the Super Bowl experience? As, well, it was a very positive experience <laughs> the day after the Super Bowl. Exactly. Uh, yes, and um, uh, w- with your story, I I, I, I don't want to go right ahead, but it's very overwhelming. But I, I would want you to tell us what is your story about? The story really is about um, my journey, um, which started when I was a young boy with um, juvenile diabetes. And um, kind of the life that I had subsequent to that, all all that that encompassed, ultimately leading to a triple organ transplant about 15 years ago, which was a heart, kidney, pancreas, Mm. which at the time was the first time they had ever done um, that type of surgery. And and today I have, uh, you know, a, a fully... I'm very healthy and very a lot, very lucky to be alive. So the book chronicles my journey going back to when I was younger and um, how I was able to kind of deal with the, the realities that were, that would beset me along the way. And a lot of it has to do with my attitude of positivity that kind of um, inspired my journey, and uh, and I'm trying to do the same for others by sharing my stories that I went through. Mm-hmm. It says on the book that you were the first, or perhaps uh, you were the first in Cedar Sinai Hospital to undergo this triple organ transplant, and perhaps maybe in the world. I was trying to research on it earlier, but I'd like to know right at that very moment. When you heard the, the 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 phrase, you need a new heart, a kidney, and best case, a new pancreas too. What was your headspace? Well, that's a great question because that's I I often kind of relive the, that discussion that I had with the head of Cedar Sinai, who told me that I needed this combination of organs that they had never done before and mm-hmm. to, to his knowledge had never been done anywhere before. Yep. And for me, it was just kind of a moment. Like I looked him in the eye and said, okay, then I'll be the first, which mm-hmm. wow. at the time seemed pretty brash and, yeah. and it almost put the, the, um, the head of cardi- cardiology uh, mm-hmm. on his heels because he was expecting a, a different response. Mm-hmm. But I just had this this unerring belief that it was all going to work out in my benefit, which mm-hmm. is really at the foundation of it. I look back on it and think, 
what was I thinking, which was of course what yeah. my wife was thinking at the time. Yeah. But, but yeah. it happened that I just, um, I had supreme confidence that it was going to go well. And it, fortunately it did. Mm-hmm. Let's just emphasize that to our listeners. This is a triple organ transplant. This is not just a mere, um, you know, heart tra- bypass, a heart bypass. This is three organs simultaneously right. being transplanted, and that's that's overwhelming to say the least. Um, uh, I, I was just wondering how how did your family took that? Well. A lot of it had to do with my attitude because I had, again, mm-hmm. this extreme yeah. positiveness that it was all going to be fine. I, mm-hmm. The irony is my son, who at that time was in high school, and he was wow. telling some of the mm. his friends and the parents of his friends, oh, my dad's going in for a triple organ transplant. And they would look at him like, you've got to be kidding me. And he says, oh, no, it'll, it's going to be fine. It'll, it's wow. as if I was just going in for uh, you know, <laughs> dental work. And, exactly. and my, my friends and their, um, their parents thought, I hope it's going to be okay. I just don't know that he has any idea what, what he's about to um, endure. So mm-hmm. for me it was because I presented it in such a way to my family. Like I had the utmost in confidence that I would be okay. So that, again, that's the, the strand that runs through my story is this unerring mm-hmm. belief that yeah. everything was going to work out fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I a hundred percent, I would agree with that because if you, you know, you're basically the carrier of the message to your family. And if, if if it's coming from you, in you know uh, coming from a negative uh, uh, statement, I think they would also lose hope. But see, you're correct. Since you've presented it in a way that you can get along just fine, you presented it in a way that it's all positive. Uh, that 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 is that, that that's a very uh, uh, very good I mean way of communicating to them uh, because you don't want you know the least of your concern is for them to be for you to be an extra baggage to their emotion and for them to be an extra baggage to what you are going to be going through coming to, to that particular procedure, right? Yes, I've, I've often said that it's much better to be hopeful rather than to be hopeless. I mm-hmm. mean, if you have the choice, mm-hmm. why not be hopeful and have a belief that's positive versus a belief that's negative, kind of a half full versus half empty a glass. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, it, I think it has a lot to do with how you look at life and, and mm-hmm. you know, what's your perspective? Do you look at things in kind of a negative way or do you look at things in a positive way or of what can be? And, and the book stresses that it kind of teaches you how to adopt that positive life, you know, mm-hmm. perspective, if you will. Mm-hmm. How how uh, how did your faith played a role in overcoming this kind of medical adversity? I I think that um, there's a couple things that work. I mean, I think one mm-hmm. is you need to have um, a positive. Probably half the battle is your mental space, is having yeah. a good frame of mind mm-hmm. 
um, you know, thinking that, that um, ultimately it will be good. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is you've got to have um, good medical doctors and, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously the technology um, of transplant was one that I would have never have thought would have been mm-hmm. the answer to my prayer. Mm-hmm. And really the third thing is having a strong support system so that mm-hmm. you know that, um, you know, you've got a good support cast, family, friends, this thing of this sort. So it really takes all three things, all three elements in order for you to have a successful outcome. Mm-hmm. When when I was uh, um, uh, discussing this with my team earlier, when we were doing the table read about your 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 story, your book, um, you know, when when people hear, I did ask them the question: When you hear about organ transplant, what basically comes to mind? Three out of four people basically w- uh, uh, had, uh, in a way, jumped into conclusion that um, what did he do to his body? How did he abuse his body in order for him to reach that far? But your case is unlike any other because this is like a juvenile diabetes. This is where you got, I mean, where it all started. It's not like you are you're a heavy smoker. Uh, it's it's not like that, right? I mean, That's it's correct. it's yeah, That's it's correct. it's. So so uh, yeah. I was given the unfortunate, or let's say, given the hand of getting juvenile diabetes as a teenager back in the early 1970s when diabetes was not as prevalent as it is today. Not, it's grown five times since that, since yep. that time. And so today the medical treatment for diabetes is far greater and you yep. can live a very normal life if you were diagnosed with diabetes today. But back then, I was told that I would be lucky to live to the age of 50 and that my life would be consumed with heart disease, kidney disease, blindness, amputations, things of this mm-hmm. sort, which at that time was the case. I mean, it was, they, mm-hmm. they could put you on a graph and tell you, you know, at this point you're going to get this. And at this point you're going to get that. So for me at 17, that was a pretty horrific forecast for, you know, I'm, I'm entering kind of the prime of my, young adult life. Yes. And I'm Mm. told that, um, I'm not going to be able to survive past the age of 50. Whereas, you know, my friends were out partying and having a good time and we're going to college. And I realized that I had this shortened time span and what was I going to do with it? How is that going to change my life? And it did, but it it did in Mm. kind of a positive way because I used it as a motivator to get my life together, knowing that I didn't have the longer life that mm-hmm. let's say a lot of my peers would have. Mm-hmm. Um, did what are the things that um, change? I mean, during your you know your your early adolescent life, what are the what are the struggles that and you were you were discussing it earlier about uh, the motivation to basically. Uh, survive what you're going through but what are the things that um, uh, were you were you not expecting to experience during during your your teenage years I would say what first of all it it, I realized that I needed to get my act together sooner Mm -hmm. in terms of finding a career path 
mm-hmm. knowing that I didn't have a lot of time to screw mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. And I started a business at a very young age. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, in my as a teenager, I had been involved with a business mm-hmm. which was in the automotive industry that mm-hmm. I started with a, with a friend and we ran it for 15 years and it did pretty well. And then I used that to kind of parlay that into another business that I had started in my early thirties. And, um, that's still going today and it we're, I'm in the steel industry, steel distribution, mm-hmm. and it's been very successful as well. So a lot of this, um, stems from, my getting started at a at an early age in business, mm-hmm. and I also went to UCLA um, and and got my degree from UCLA as well. So it, from that standpoint, it was a big deal. And then I started a family earlier mm-hmm. as well, um, knowing, you know, again thinking that my life would have a shorter uh, lifespan. Mm-hmm. So I realized that I needed to get that going as well. Well it turns out that, you know, on my 50th birthday, um, mm-hmm. I was in the hospital getting a triple organ transplant. So the, the, um, the, the doctors who had made the forecast were right mm-hmm. that at, you know, at my 50th birthday, a lot of the organs were starting to fail. I was in congestive heart failure on dialysis and, uh, almost, almost dying when um, I was a transplant candidate, which ultimately saved my life. So today, mm-hmm. today I'm 67. So that's so yeah. I'm now 17 years yeah. past the, the transplants. Mind and doing, and I mean, doing quite yeah. well. So well, I mean, and no longer a diabetic. That's that was the other. By getting a new pancreas, um, it it um, eliminated the diabetes. So um, that was quite a life-changing thing as well as to, to have gone my entire life mm-hmm. pretty much as a diabetic and then all of a sudden having the chains taken off and being able to be freed of that was pretty life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing about your, your journey and how the medical technology has helped you a lot in overcoming this it 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 sometimes makes me it, you know it, it makes me realize how how these people um would would decline to get a vaccine a simple vaccine i mean you know the med- medical industry basically had you know uh, um th- they had a rigorous study process funding just to make everything right Right, and like you said a while ago, back in in your teenage years, uh, the 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 knowledge that we do have right now in diabetes is not as thorough as before, right? Uh, um, That's correct. Yeah, I mean, um, you also mentioned in the book that I mean, on on the on the questionnaire that you you have to endure, you have to hope, and in order for it to prevail. But Correct. let me ask you this question. Uh, at that time, when, when you said that I'll be the first to, 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 to do it, to, to, to survive this triple organ transplant, 
how do you differentiate because i i've, I've been seeing these terms like um uh um false positive hope or toxic positivity uh kind of mindset how do you differentiate that from what is truly a realistic hope that makes sense i'm not sure uh, if i fully understand the question uh, um yeah 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 with, with with because there are terms that you know they are because uh, you discuss heavily on the book that you know at some point there should be hope that is basically the foundation and the starter of everything but how could you differentiate like there will be there there's terms as um um false positive hope um uh, um so you're saying like, to how to how to be realistic about what yes you're hoping yes for. exactly yes okay yeah i think i think a big part of it is you have to be honest with yourself you you do have to right. look in the mirror and right. be and face facts and not mm -hmm. um you know pretend and live in a kind of a denial state that doesn't mm -hmm. help you at all so you do need mm -hmm. to to be real um however you know i think a big part of the process for me was trying to get the get all my facts in order so mm -hmm. you know i went through i did a lot of research i talked to a lot of doctors and i did it's not like i just you know kind of closed my eyes and said pretty mm -hmm. please i mean there really mm -hmm. was a, a, a i when in my book i i say that hope is an action verb it's things you do yes. it's not just you know wishing and dreaming and hoping like um, you know, sitting on the couch and wishing for things to happen. That's not what I'm talking about. It's more or mm -hmm. less an active process where you research, you, um, you know, if it could be even going to church and praying, I mean, that's doing mm -hmm. something. So mm -hmm. it's not just a passive, um, hope that I'm talking about. It's more of an mm -hmm. active process. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and I think that in order to be, you know, for it to be um, real, you have to you have to be willing to face facts, and and mm -hmm. that sometimes is a hard thing to do, um, mm -hmm. especially when you're enduring challenge. You know, if you're mm -hmm. if you're suffering or there's pain and sorrow, that's a that's a very hard process. And I don't I'm not trying to like candy coat that. That's really mm -hmm. something that you have to. Um, have the um, inner strength and perseverance to be able to get through things. Mm -hmm. So you have to be, uh, you have to face the reality, and you have to be honest with yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, um, I was reading also the uh, uh, the author's bio earlier, and you, it says here that you work with Donate Life. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, and for the information of everybody, Donate Life is a nonprofit uh, organization, which uh, goals is to increase the number of donated organs, eyes, and tissues available to basically save and heal lives through transplantation, while developing a culture where donation is embraced as a fundamental human responsibility. I visited uh, that particular website earlier. Um, what has changed, and how did you? I mean. Uh, coming from the perspective of uh, a person who had undergo uh, a, a triple organ transplant, when you see this types of story to somebody else's, what basically comes to mind? Well, 
um, just to further your, your donate life. I am an ambassador for an organization called One Legacy, which is the Los Angeles chapter of Donate Life. And um, our goal is to um, to increase people's awareness of organ donation and Mm -hmm. uh, try and um, attack the hundred. There's a list of a hundred thousand people waiting for life-saving organs. So. the interesting statistic is that if when most people are confronted with the question of whether or not they'd be willing to donate organs upon their death, 80% Mm -hmm. of people say that they would, but Mm -hmm. overall there's only about a 50% actual consent um, ratio for people that actually do consent upon their death. So there's a little bit Mm -hmm. of a disconnect there. And what our goal Mm -hmm. is, is to try and increase that, percentage so that people are are willing to um to make a life-saving um um efforts to help mm-hmm. the situation because mm-hmm. uh, transplant really does save lives i'm an example of that i wouldn't be definitely. here today without it mm-hmm, definitely uh, just for the information of everybody and, the, and our listeners, what the, the the triple organ transplant that was sourced from like different people. Two two org two donors. Um, the first mm-hmm. the first donor was a 17 year old boy who I've developed a relationship with the family, and mm-hmm. he donated his heart and kidney, and then the oh. pancreas was a separate surgery from a separate donor. Um, Mm -hmm. and that was the one that, um, eliminated my diabetes. Ah, okay. So, um, um, the pancreas is is a harder transplant in some ways. They're all different. All three were different, but, Mm -hmm. um, the failure rate on a pancreas is higher than it is on the harder kidney. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- when when uh, like say for example, when somebody would like donate, um, th- one of the common things that I I I, I uh, was doing the, when I was doing this research is that it's basically hard for them to like reach out, and I I, I it's I think this is a perfect platform to to emphasize uh, um. Uh, donate life. Uh, you you did mention earlier that you are uh, an ambassador uh, for One Legacy, like the, the organ procurement organization in the LA area, Correct. right? Correct. Yeah. So because some sometimes it's hard for them to communicate. Um, uh, we know that like you know Red Cross um, does this. I mean blood donation drive and all that, but specifically for organ donation. Uh, um, I, uh, as a normal regular Joe, I feel like there's there's no not 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 much of a movement towards it, and and it's a good thing that you're talking and discussing this with us right now. Um, uh, what are the what are the things that I mean? How how young would be a possible donor? Well, um, you, you touched on a few things. The the, the first. Mm-hmm. The first thing is that the, the process is an anonymous process, meaning that the donor 
family and the recipient are not supposed to be disclosed so that there's privacy um, issues involved, which I think you were kind of alluding to there. Um, however, I'd say that today with the internet, it's a lot, a lot mm -hmm. has changed because it's possible for people to find out um, who the, who the donor might have been. In my case, um, they contacted me after I wrote them a letter. And so we got mm -hmm. together for what would have been um, the graduation of the donor boy, which was when he was um, 17 years old. So, mm -hmm. um, and he died in a car accident. Mm -hmm. um, and he was a football player and he died in a, in a car accident in Lompoc, California, which is north of Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. And he and a couple of other football players were in the car. Two died, and one one survived. So, and my donor was the was the kicker. Um, mm -hmm. But to, the, the second part of your question, having to do with um, how young, how young, yeah, um, mm. a donor, the the ages range um, from young infants all the way up to. Mm. 70-year-old people can still donate wow. um, uh, corneas, skin tissues. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm too old to be a donor because my organs are mm -hmm. too yeah. old. But there's mm -hmm. a host of things that people can donate um, for mm -hmm. transplant. So mm -hmm. it's just, just to sign up is mm -hmm. a pretty painless thing to do, and it's mm -hmm. a pretty noble thing to do. So I would mm -hmm. encourage everybody yeah. to to be willing when they when they go to the DMV, um, mm, check the yeah. box yes to be an organ. Yes, yeah, you can see that, right? Do you do you, do you want to be a donor? And you can just basically check the box, yes. So, uh, uh, um, I, I was just wondering, um, have you heard, um, you you did created this book, and have you heard back from your audience any feedback? Um, when what did they what what are the kinds of things that do they say about your story? Well, I think it's important to note that I didn't write the book just to be a transplant story because it's a pretty, yes. that's a pretty yes. limited audience. Most, exactly. most people exactly. will not ever have, be in a position where they'll be confronted with a mm -hmm. transplant. But mm -hmm. the, the, the idea was uh, for me to write a story where I could share some of my experiences, my um, perspectives, and really mm. on adversity in general, and how do you mm -hmm. create a, a game plan for when you're confronted mm -hmm. with um, hurdles that you need to overcome. And it could be in your own personal life, it could be in yes. business, it could be, you know, your parents are ill, um, it, mm -hmm. it could be a number of things, um, mm -hmm. but you know, my particular story has to do with um, my medical journey. Mm -hmm. But it's an example of what kinds of lessons learned that I can share mm -hmm. with other people, so it can help them in their own life. And as to the feedback, a lot of it I've gotten from people that have had, you know, extreme trauma and have thanked me for helping them kind of adopt a bit of a game plan for, for them in terms of getting over that trauma. Mm -hmm. um, with, with this 
uh, story, and, and I like the fact that you mentioned it because uh, you also d- uh, discussed that this is a story of overcoming a medical uh, adversity, but the messaging applies to any adversity. So, Correct. I, yes. So I, 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 I admire the, I think my takeaway w- with your story is that your mental fortitude, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's, um, it has, um, you have, you have to have a lot of mental fortitude to overcome this. So I guess my next question is that what would be your message to those people who's trying to overcome, um, any emotional, financial, uh, uh, um, or physical adversity? Well, it's, I wish there was a simple answer for that, but it's, it's a bit of a exactly. process, meaning it, it, it really has a lot to do with how you look at life and how you look mm-hmm. at, you know, your own life in terms of, and the, the, um, the challenges that may have beset you before, because a lot of times if you overcome, um, small things, then when the mm-hmm. big stuff happens, you already have a bit of the, the muscle memory from having yeah. done it in the past. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it has to, um, the, the um, your, your kind of your mental outlook is an important piece of how you yes. are able to make it happen. I mean, I had a mm-hmm. business partner and I share a lot of his story in one of my chapters and yes. he did not have that mental toughness mm-hmm. and, you know, by good fortune, he did not have a life of adversity. He was very, mm-hmm. you know, fortunate that he um, didn't really have health problems. And then mm-hmm. the first time that he did have a health problem, I was trying to kind of impart my wisdom and, and my experiences to try and help him conjure mm-hmm. up the, the fortitude to, to overcome it. And he just couldn't. I mean, it was really Mm -hmm. apparent to me that he was just, in some ways, he was strong, but in this way, he wasn't. And so, unfortunately, it it led to his passing about seven years Mm -hmm. ago. And that was Mm -hmm. really hard for me because I wasn't able to um, kind of change his mental attitude. Mm -hmm. But going back to what I told you earlier, he didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. go to the top doctor's. He didn't necessarily have the support system like I did, and he really didn't have the mental fortitude like I did. So it was was those Mm -hmm. three things that ultimately did him in. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's it's. um, I I I guess there's a lot more to. I mean, you can you can do you can only do so much, as they say. It's still, uh, you know, it would still be upon that person's point of view that person's take on how like you've mentioned how how would you um set your mind and how would you properly attack that particular adversity um because one one thing also that i like about your your story is not just only overcoming this medical adversity it's about touching you know you can actually read hundreds if not thousands of self-help motivational book 
um, there's a lot. You know, uh, um, I've, I've recently read about Atomic Habit, uh, uh, the monk who sold his Ferrari. But one special thing about your story is that it's so personal. It's it's severely true, <laughs> as they would say. It's it's uh, it's uh, more to the point of uh, I've experienced this. You will be experiencing some things not, may not be a medical adversity. How, this is basically like what you said. It's like a playbook on how you basically overcome adversity, and that's what Correct. basically blew me off in this in this in this uh, 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 story. Is that I mean there are people and who has like like what your friend uh, uh, and your business partner Doug, ha, you know they they were so fortunate in life that when sometimes when they when they get to face a particular adversity, um, there are some people who who are even they, they live so comfortable in life that they don't know how to process it mentally, and Correct. not to even acknowledge it or be aware about it. So going back to your 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 uh, uh, message of hope earlier, I think it's important that you have to be realistic where you at, what's the problem, and you have to be honest about some uncomfortable truth that comes along with it, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, as we can, yeah, as we, as we conclude this interview, Jim, and uh, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll basically ask Link Print and Media to, to hand me a, a, a physical copy of your book because I, I, I do have like a, um, um, a book organization uh, uh, around my area as well. Um, what would be your 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 uh, your uh, I guess the conclusion? What would be the the aside from the things that like you know you've mentioned about um, mental fortitude, um, overcoming adversity? There are people who are actually you know suffering from you know uh, um, like, like depression. It's a different type of adversity, but what would be the steps, like the very basic steps that you could advise on how to I think, get I over think, it? I, I always say that I think that a big part of um, the process is trying to mm-hmm. um, have have some gratitude about the things that you have in your life, which are mm-hmm. good, and be able to identify what it is that makes you happy in your life and that you feel mm-hmm. lucky to have. Um, mm-hmm. And that can be kind of a daily thing. It's, you know, like, a, yes. you know, writing down the things in your life that you're happy about. Um, mm-hmm. So it starts to focus your mind on um, kind of optimism rather than pessimism. Um, mm-hmm. That's a starting point. You know, it's like mm-hmm. just, you know, you're, you're, you're starting from point zero. Um, Mm -hmm. from there, I think it's really a matter of trying to, um, have an understanding of, of, um, what's in front of you, you know, don't get Mm -hmm. too far ahead of yourself. Look at what's immediately in front of you. And when we look down the road, sometimes we can kind of lose Mm -hmm. the target. And, Mm -hmm. And so you can only deal with what's in front of you today. 
Um, mm. That's that to me is another big one is is just mm. trying to take things in kind of a step by step approach. Mm. Um, then the next thing would be kind of developing a bit of a game plan. You know, trying to um, figure out you know what's who who you should go talk to. You know, what mm-hmm. maybe there's another doctor or there's another financial mm-hmm. advisor or there's you know, a friend, a mentor, someone that can help you, give you some mm-hmm. guidance. Um, I think that that always helps too, because you know we d- we don't always know ourselves what's the right path to take. So, you know, once you're able to kind of develop a bit of a game plan, um, you know, as long as you've got a, a good mental outlook and you keep thinking in a positive way, um, mm-hmm. you'll start to make some inroads and then over time you, you've got to see your way through it i mean ultimately you have to have a belief system that you're going to come out on the other side mm-hmm. and what does that look like you know where are you going to be because if you can't envision it um, you'll never get there mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's very encouraging and very powerful and i would agree with you it's it's some because sometimes they get lost in translation like when they overview the whole problem they get right. to like what you said they get to attack it in advance i mean without doing these micro steps and like you've said it's the daily things on how to it's it's your progress right uh it's basically you you do developing these habits because it's not going to be easy you know um Whatever that adversity is, because uh, this is also a, a message to those people who are uh, who's undergoing this um, mental uh, uh, struggle with this all with you know with this pandemic. Uh, this book is I would highly encourage it. It says in the book that this uh, um, on the description, this book is about overcoming all the odds. It is achievement paired with loss and accomplishment paired with adversity. It is having faith that in all things, even the most challenging and heartbreaking, you can learn and gain something important. It begins with the hope and belief that you can get through every anything, even if, if it's your only option. It's very powerful. That's that you said it very well. It's, it's um, when, when I was, when I was, um, writing it, I really didn't want it to be all about me. I wanted it to be somewhat about the reader so that the reader could understand for that, for them and their own lives, how they could benefit themselves. That to me was very important because, you know, it's, it's not just a book about transplant. It's a book about how, how can you learn from the experiences that I've had, how to help you get through your own adversity? Cause eventually everybody has to deal with something. You know, we're not exactly uh, unfortunate. That's an unfortunate reality that everybody must deal with. Exactly. And and I think that's that's one unique special thing about the book is that you've presented yourself. You've presented your, your journey. Here I am as a reader. I have this particular adversity. He has survived this. This author survived this. I have this problem. What can I do in order for me to 
to to personalize this kind of journey and apply it to myself. I, I think that's Correct. that's 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 a special thing about this book. Please do invite everybody to grab a copy of your book, Jim. Yes. Well, I I have a website which is the name of the book. www.hopeisyouronlyoption.com. Um, if you wanted to read or to learn a little bit more about me and the book itself, and then it's available through the traditional booksellers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. www.whenhopeisyouronlyoption.com. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you plan to uh, have future books? I've been asked that before. Um, <laughs> the um, I mean, it's kind of interesting because in this pandemic time, in some ways, it's kind of um, it's it's interesting because it does have a lot of application, particularly yes. now because people have gone. Yes. This whole thing has been a time of adversity, so mm-hmm. a lot of it. Um, I've I've thought about. Um, doing a book more tailored towards what we've just recently gone through. But then I've also wanted to write a business book because I've had a mm-hmm. um, business for 30, 33 years now. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of the stories of adversity that I can share on that scale apply as well. So I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've thought about doing that as well, and, and, uh, but mm-hmm. not at the moment. Okay. All right. Just for the sake of context for our our, our, our listeners, uh, Mr. Jim Stavis is the president and the CEO of a steel distribution company. Can I can I say the name? Is that okay? Sure. Paragon. Oh yeah. Paragon it's steel. it's Paragon Steel. Yes. So, so um, you started this company when um when you are having that kind of medical adversity, when you're being presented with that medical adversity, and which is, for me, is something that should be admired. I mean, not all people would be able to have that kind of uh, 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 um, head-on challenge and, you know, go through it. And the the mental aspect, let alone, is is really overwhelming for me as a reader and uh i really thank you so much for your time today jim you're very welcome james i i appreciate all the commentary uh this is basically the highlight of my day pretty much and you know to you've made me you've given me a different perspective out of my, my 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 very own perspective i don't know if that would make sense but it's it, it it's these that's, types that's, of stories. That's yes. the goal. I mean, everybody right? that I can touch and help them with their own lives, that's my goal. So I'm well, happy to hear that. You, you've, you've greatly influenced mine, and I'll tell your story with, with, uh, uh, with uh, my book, Circle. Thank you so much for your time. Once again, the title of the book, When Hope is Your Only Option. Uh, Mr. James Davis, thank you so much, sir. Thank you, James. Have a great one. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.